0: Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl, author of the Telling the Story blog and a reporter at NBC in Atlanta. This podcast is all about developing your voice as a journalist and developing the skills to harness that voice. My guest has spent her career in broadcast news doing just that. Before I introduce her, let me say this. First, please subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher Smart Radio. It's the best podcast app I know. It keeps a playlist of your favorite shows and automatically updates with new episodes so you don't have to download them. Just download the Stitcher app and subscribe to the Telling the Story podcast. Second, rate and review this podcast on iTunes if you like what you're hearing and want others to hear it too. A kind rating on iTunes is the best way to boost us in the rankings and search. So I kindly encourage that. Finally, you can buy my book, The Solo Video Journalist, wherever fine books are sold. It is a how-to guide for the most in-demand job in local TV news, those who shoot and edit their own stories. It's getting picked up by college classes. It's being read around the world. Again, that's The Solo Video Journalist on sale now. I want to begin this episode with a quick apology. My audio for this interview is pretty rough. It's usable, thankfully, but it's quite muffled, a little echoey. Uh, It hasn't happened or this hasn't happened in the previous 71 episodes, so I'm not sure how it happened this time, but it did. Thankfully, though, the audio of my interview for this episode, Kristen Dickerson, is perfectly strong and good thing, too, because Kristen is such a wonderful journalist and was so open in talking about everything going on in her career and the big change that she's about to make. So here now, my interview with Kristen Dickerson. I have been less frequent with the podcast these days, trying to juggle it with my day job, grad school, new fatherhood, the usual stuff. But that means when I do come through with an episode, I want my guest to be the toppest of top notch. And I know a lot of people in this business, but when I consider who to interview for this, it's the people who push themselves, who seek a distinct voice and who have a greater calling for why they do what they do. My guest today fits that bill. She's won Emmys, Merles, and last year, a National Gracie Award from KXAS-TV in Dallas, Texas. Kristen Dickerson, welcome to the Telling the Story podcast.
1: I am so honored to be number 72, Matt. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's a fine
0: (laughs) number, a fine number. Uh, Kristen, I'm so thrilled to be able to talk with you. We've known each other for a few years, but Mm -hmm. I really got to spend some time with you uh, at, as we were both on the faculty at the NPPA Advanced Storytelling Workshop. And yeah. I want to give uh, the people listening an insight into the kind of person we're dealing with here. So I want to tell them this story that our final day of the workshop, after it ended, everybody else had left for the airport, and you and I were basically stranded in San Marcos, Texas, with hours to spare before our flights, and you gamely accompanied me <laughs> While I shopped at the San Marcos Outlets for various items of menswear, and uh, and the whole time I'm like, Kristen, you don't need to do this. Like, we can just go to the airport. We can do whatever. She's like, No, no, no. It's great. It's great. It's fine. And uh, and I know you could not possibly have been actually thinking it was great or fine, but I'm <laughs> glad that uh, that I had your company and I'm so glad you're with us today.
1: I think we had so much fun. I mean, just in the course of a couple of hours, like we got to go salsa dancing, we had breakfast tacos, we've been shopping together. You're like my brother forever now, Matt. This is like, true. Like we, we and, are synced.
0: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that and I want to be clear too, I did not get to do any salsa dancing. You oh, danced with one me. of these students in our <laughs> workshop. Jairo Diaz out of Sacramento, who is one of the nicest people I've ever met, as are you, by the way. The the two of you wonderfully dance so in sync on the salsa floor, no (laughs) doubt because of your general kindness. Um, Kristen, welcome to the show. And (laughs) you know, as I mentioned at the top, the reason I really wanted to have you on was because I was so impressed. I've always been impressed by your work, but I became even more impressed at the workshop by learning about your story and the various things you've done throughout your career to just better position yourself. So first, let's start by just taking our audience through a little bit of what you're doing right now as an anchor reporter for KXAS-TV.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to do a little bit of everything. So on the weekends, I anchor the evening newscasts. And on the weekdays, I do a combination of special projects reporting um, my, my life goal with reporting is really to share stories that other people can learn from and improve their lives. And then I also get to shoot my own stories uh, more so now than ever, really. And then I've also been able to host a lot of our um, kind of special project type shows like we do in a Clear the Shelters event with other NBC affiliates. That I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with Clear the Shelters. And so I get to do that. And then like a New Year's Eve big party type of show. Um, I get to help with our Olympics coverage by hosting the Olympic Zone here at home. So a little bit of everything. So it's, it's been really nice. It's kept me very busy the last three years.
0: <laughs> and the thing that I would imagine got you to the faculty of the workshop and, and has won you quite a few of the awards that you've won is your storytelling. And mm-hmm. specifically that, you know, despite you're an anchor, you do all these tremendous projects where, you know, you live of the high life of local news, where you know you're you're on that perch, but at the same time, when you're storytelling, you grab a camera, you shoot and you've taught yourself how to shoot with DSLR cameras, and you are putting your all into your stories. And I wanted to talk about that about what what drew or what drove that in you. Was that something that started early in your career, the desire to shoot your own stuff and to really build that part of your skill set up?
1: I did. and i and I'd like to also point out that, Any success that I have had, even the ability to get the job that I currently have, it was because I went from in front of the camera and I took the camera, turned it around and focused on highlighting somebody else's life. Like that is where just about all of my success has come from. So whenever I was working in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the ABC affiliate there, KTUL, I I was mostly just an anchor. I started as a reporter, but quickly got moved to the anchor desk and um by the end i was anchoring all four evening shows and i just realized i missed people and so there were some some divine intervention hints that it was time for <laughs> me to to report and i ignored all those hints i ignored that that inner throbbing in my heart that said wouldn't that be a great story wouldn't that live interview be an even better story like you should shoot it cuz there weren't enough photographers to support my yearning to tell stories and um and so I just ignored it. It was like, nope, I'm an anchor, I'm a host, I'm on TV, and then everything in my world stopped. Like I again, I was anchoring four newscasts today. And for like 3 days in a row, I was not on television. Like everything just kept going wrong. I'd be out to field anchor severe weather and like we wouldn't have a shot for one show. And the next show everything would be blurry. And I was like, "All right, God, what am I missing here?" <laughs> and I realized that I had been ignoring that inner voice telling me you need to pick up a camera, and you need to start shooting. I was going to say, so apparently I,
0: God had been talking to you for a while about this, <laughs> and you hadn't just, been listening.
1: I definitely not listening. And so I, I called the person who I'd been thinking about telling a story about that moment, and she was like, oh, I'm glad you called. I'm leaving to Africa to go on a mission trip in two days. And shooting that story, that started a series of stories on faith, and that won me my first Emmy.
0: Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. And one thing that that example makes me think of, which was something that you talked about beautifully at the workshop was your, the, the, the commitment and the investment that you make in cultivating your contacts Mm, and uh finding stories and not necessarily, not necessarily, you know, doing a story on someone and then never speaking to that person again, but making sure that you keep going back and keep finding the stories and not not just assuming that once you do a story on someone that that, that's the end of it
1: yes and at the workshop one idea that came was was the six degrees of kevin bacon like everyone's connected in some way you know it's like any actor out there has done some type of role with kevin bacon within six degrees and that thought came with lady gaga and that came with me it started when i first moved uh, to North Texas, started at NBC5. Didn't know a soul, so it started with a Google search, and then just cultivating relationships with each person. And if someone has a a good experience with you as you were telling their story, you know, after the story airs, it's like, all right, you got any ideas? You have any friends who you think deserve the spotlight of local television news? And then you just keep going, and 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 really, stories just create themselves, which makes your job easier as long as you just have a relationship. Um, After your story airs and just check in with people via thank you notes, text messages, call them up on significant days um, and just just connect, which is what we do. I mean, that's our job is connecting with people, taking their stories and helping their stories connect with our viewers. But I know, too,
0: and I'm very guilty of this as someone who does a lot of long form stories and a lot of feature stories. Sometimes you assume that once you've told someone's story that, that that's really it for that person
1: mm-hmm.
0: on television. And that you really can't go back to the well, so to speak. <laughs> and you really can't, yeah. you know, especially if it's someone who, there wouldn't be any earthly reason for this person to be on TV if it wasn't for your, story, <laughs> like not not a celebrity or someone who's well known in the community. So it, it can be difficult, I think, to have faith that, oh, there will be a second story that comes yeah. out of this relationship uh-huh. and I keep in touch with plenty of people who I've done stories on, but I've never done a good job of keeping in touch in that way in continuing mm-hmm. to say, by the way, keep me posted if you know of anything or, you know, continue to tell me about what's going on in your life. And after hearing your uh, presentation about that, it inspired me and and I wrote several blog posts and, and y'all listening can check it out on telling the Uh, about how that worked out for me. Your presentation began its own six degrees of separation for me and turned into about, I think, four different stories at this point. (laughs) Wow. And it's incredible. And and it's the kind of thing that I don't know that I would have thought to make that investment. So the fact that you do that and go that extra mile, I think is really critical to a lot of the stories that you've been able to uncover and and Mm -hmm. by that point, a lot of the success you've been able to have in storytelling.
1: Thanks. Definitely true. It seems like as soon as you make one connection with someone in their respective community, they're the experts in their community. Like they know all of the people. And so it's just like, as as long as you have one good connection, then that can lead to any other connection in that group of people.
0: And I want to get back to talking about the camera too, because oh, yeah. you made such a good point about going to the marketing department where <laughs> they've got all the good stuff, right? <laughs>
1: yes. Yes, marketing they have always been my favorite people. They still are because they have all the gear. Sometimes they they have extra time to like to help you. They've got the best editing. I mean, marketing folks in my opinion are brilliant and have always been super helpful. So when I first started um shooting my own stories, I was shooting just with with this tiny traditional news camera. I think we actually got it and like as part of a freebie when they bought like the real photographers, their, their camera gear. like, Oh, this is free. You can take it. You can't break it. And then I, but when we were shooting all of our anchor promos, they'd shoot with DSLR and it would just look so beautiful. I'm like, all right, I want, I want to shoot beautiful pictures. Like I want that quality. And so they let me borrow their cameras. And then when I moved here, I was ready to start shooting again. And my news director at the time said, you know what? It would be helpful to you. To invest in your own gear. So one day, if you do something different, like you will have the tools that you need to match your skill set. And so I was like, all right, so slowly I have just been buying my own gear. So now I pretty much own everything. I, I have borrowed a I think a light and a light stand from the station, but everything else I own, which is, is really freeing. And then I also get to keep upgrading. So I just recently switched from a Canon 80D to a Sony a seven three, I mirrorless, which is just beautiful. I'm just, I, I hear Ann Herbst in my head saying, "Know your gear, know your <laughs> gear. And I, and I had to start over. So now I'm like, Oh, I don't know my gear. So that's, that's my current challenge where I'm right. at right now.
0: Friend of the podcast and long time ago now podcast <laughs> guests and Ann Herbst. Um, yeah, I think it's very, I think marketing people, they have the gear that's coming up next. You know, mm-hmm. they always are on top of the gear that is going to be the next big thing. And then to invest in your own, I think that raises a lot of questions, right? Because so many of us, we just don't have, whether it's the disposable income or we don't necessarily want to, you know, buy something that's going to be used yeah. for our job when it should be the the job paying for it. I, I've I've heard both sides of this debate. I'm curious, just your outlook on it and why you feel like that was the right thing to do for you.
1: One thing that I learned that completely changed my perception of what I do for work and what I do for myself is that a couple of years ago, we were traveling in India and we were getting uh, counseled by a monk and he had said, don't see your work as you're working for your boss. Like you're creating content and you're telling stories for him. It's like, if you're working for a greater power whether to benefit the universe or a service to others like that is your boss so that way you will always do your absolute best in everything you do like you will never mail it in to like hi oh, i showed him or he doesn't appreciate it so i'm not going to do it like no, no 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 like your work and your natural abilities like that is in my opinion god-given and that is and that is what a, a wonderful gift to give those abilities back in service so I want to have the best gear and my bosses haven't always supported me being a photographer. Cause I'm, I'm technically not like I'm a, I'm an anchor and I'm a special projects reporter now, but like photographer is not on my job title at all, but it is what in my bones says you're supposed to do this. So I've had to support it myself. And thanks to my husband's, um, just him being really okay with it. Like I just, <laughs> like, sorry, honey, I got to buy a new camera gear. Um, but I've just, it's just, I just had to make it happen. You know, like it was important to me. I knew it was important to my future and, and using, you know, and shooting stories and, and going the extra mile, like will benefit you no matter what. I mean, it got me my, my current job today. So it's just, for me, I just had to make sacrifices to be able to do it. But but it was important. I think
0: there's, it's, it's a very personal decision when to make those kinds of choices. And I know that I I think to some extent we all do that. You know, we all work extra hours uh,
1: Mm -hmm. in this business. Mm -hmm.
0: We all, you know, we have chosen a field where the schedule is not always (laughs) particularly kind or forgiving or uh, friendly to holidays and weekends. And, So there are already sacrifices and adjustments that we make in our lives. Mm -hmm. And and we all have to choose what our line is for that. I can tell you as someone who has now done 72 episodes of a podcast (laughs) where I make no money for me, it's never been about that. It's been about that doing something of importance and something of value. And I think regardless, and, and so if it happens at your station Sometimes, like you said, I think you made a really good point that it isn't necessarily, oh, what they'll let me do or what they value. It's what you value and how you leverage the resources you have at your station and the platform that you Mm -hmm. have at your station to do the kind of work you want to do. And from everything I've seen out of you, you really make a point to tell the kinds of stories that are meaningful to you and that you feel will Mm -hmm. be meaningful to the community you serve.
1: Yes, very true. And that keeps you going. You know, as long as your cup is filled, then you can keep serving in this way and you don't burn yourself out or or anything like that. And it's always nice to, to utilize like all the resources in your in not just your newsroom, but in the entire building, as you mentioned, like I have great friends in the sales department. I mentioned my, my love for the marketing department. Like there, there are so many experts in, in their respective fields that you can reach out to for support and also for help if you're venturing out on your own a little bit.
0: Absolutely. This is the Telling the Story podcast. My guest is Kristen Dickerson, anchor reporter with KXAS-TV in Dallas and all-around wonderful human being. Kristen, (laughs) um, now that we've talked about everything you've been doing at the station, I wanted to spend this part of the podcast talking about what you'll be doing next, which will not be at the station, but which I think is so fascinating and I think... Is an important thing to talk about for the journalists, especially the young journalists who are listening to this podcast. So, why don't you go ahead and lay out what you'll be doing uh, <laughs> starting this summer?
1: Yeah, so August 21st, um, <clears throat> excuse me, my husband and I are both quitting our jobs and we are going to walk the Camino de Santiago. It's a 500 plus mile pilgrimage across northern Spain. It should take us. Uh, Between 35 to 45 days, and we are going to take camera gear. We only have basically what we can carry, so we'll have backpacks. So we're going to take camera gear and then basically shoot stories along the way about faith and other people who are on pilgrimage. For whatever reason, they have dropped everything in their lives to walk through this pilgrimage in search of spiritual transformation. And so we're going for it. It's a, um, my news director is so sweet. I was like, well, I told him about it. And I was like, well, well what do you think? And he was like, well, it's a risk. And I was like, but if you weren't my boss, like, what would you think? And he was like, I'm totally not surprised you're doing this. I'm <laughs> not surprised at all. So we've wanted to do this. Um, and really, we, we wanted to spend time together. I mean, the news business is, it can be very hard on relationships. And when I moved down here, I did not see my husband at all because I just was obsessed with work and wanted to be there all the time and do my best. And then there came a point in the middle last year where like, you know what? Let's prioritize our relationship. Let's prioritize our spiritual life. And just like the thing that sounded most attractive was just walking together, walking together hand in hand and also actively seeking God with every single step. And we realized that we could do this just on our own and it would benefit us and it would be great. But what if it could benefit other people? Like, what if we could be walking for people who physically can't walk it or who just can't, like, leave everything in their lives to do this journey? So the idea came of we have to take camera gear. Like, we have to, we have to share this experience with people who can't do it physically. So that starts August 21st is when our flights leave. Mm.
0: So much to unpack <laughs> about this, and I, I'm excited to talk about this with you. The first thing I wanted to ask, just as a point of clarification, so when the 35 45 days ends, mm-hmm. what what happens there? Are you going <laughs> to go back to your job? Or are you no no, no, no idea. No idea.
1: Our our travels will continue. Um So from Spain, we get to spend two weeks in Israel, and oh, wow. um, by some divine scheduling, I I found out we were going to get to go to Israel, and I called. My mentor, who was my anchor when I first started in television news at Tulsa's Channel 8, she was the weekend anchor and I was her reporter and I called her. She has since quit her anchor job to become a pastor and a counselor. And I was like, Yvonne Lewis, this sounds crazy, but I'm going to be in Israel the middle of October. You should meet us there. And she was like, I'm already going to be in Israel the middle of October. So we're going to coincidentally be there the exact same time. Um, So we might end up shooting some in Israel if it's physically possible. And then after that, we'll have a month in India, um, going to temples and also trying to go to some of the most spiritual places there and just showing what spiritual life is like on the other side of the world and trying to find the commonality that we all have together. Not the dogma of religion, but just focusing on faith. And And then after that,
0: sorry, go ahead, please.
1: Oh, yeah. So after that, uh, no plans for any of this. This is total like storytelling faith walk. We have gotten no sponsorships. We have no idea where it's going to air, what it's what we're going to do with it. But we're going to come back and basically live with our parents uh, like we're college (laughs) kids and finish editing everything. We don't know if it'll be a series of stories or a documentary. No idea. Um, And then and then we have no plans. So, yeah, no plans to come back to NBC5 as of this moment. Like we have no idea what we're doing.
0: Oh my goodness. Well.
1: But we know we're supposed to do it. So we're just, we're going for it.
0: So I want to talk about the decision to do that. I, I think we have interns now at our station. And I remember a few years ago when the summer interns came in and back when I was in the mix more and they would ride along with me and we would spend the day together, they would always pick my brain and ask for various pieces of advice. And I would always say the thing that I I still say to people today which is that it's important when you're that age not just to think about where you want to be when you're 30 but where you want to be when you're 50 and mm. I think especially in our business people become so seduced by the concept of making it you know by making it out of the small market and me- medium sized markets and getting to a large sized market and getting to do the job there that once you get there which usually happens for most people in their mid to late 20s, sometimes early 30s, then you've got the rest of your career ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide, am I actually happy doing what I'm doing? Is this mm-hmm. what I want to do? And, and is this the life I want? And I think that, I'm not sure what your journey has been like, but based on what you said about how you moved to Dallas and realized you really weren't spending the right amount of time you wanted to at home, I mean, it's a bold decision to completely remove yourselves from your, from both of your careers. But I mean, clearly there was something that compelled you to say that staying in this business was sacrificing other parts of your life that are more important. Is that fair to say?
1: I think so. And and I also want to point out that I don't know if I'm totally done with TV news. Right. I feel like I just need a, a long commercial break to like, to establish my roots in my relationship and in my faith. Um, and just like in an effort to find balance. Yeah. And I think currently I I have balance. Um, I, we ended up moving closer to work. So I literally live around the corner from the station, which saves me like an hour and a half commuting. (laughs) Um, but it's really, yeah, like everything is always changing in your life. And I think my only advice is that like, if you feel that, that hint that something needs to change, do it before that change is made for you. Like if you, if you know that, Hey, I'm tired of driving 45 minutes in traffic to get to work. Well, make that change now. Get closer. Try to figure out um, what your heart is calling for and, and make that adjustment.
0: When did it become clear to you that this was what you needed to do?
1: Earlier, well, the end of last year, my husband and I got pregnant after four years of trying to conceive and then... Uh, three months later we found out that the pregnancy was inevitably going to end in a miscarriage and mm-hmm. after the miscarriage happened at the beginning of January, we took some time off and and just realized that like like right now we are completely open like my and every it's so rare that opportunities come up especially in TV news with contracts and if you buy a house or a rental I mean like in all this summer like my my contract is up, which is technically like my third contract. I came here on a two year deal after a year, they asked me to extend. And then I personally extended an extra month um, just to help me through the summer. So my contract was up. Um, We had sold our house last year. Our apartment lease was up. We did not have children. So we were at a place that like physically and like materially we were free, but internally we just kind of needed a reset I mean, I felt like the miscarriage was like, I just couldn't emotionally bounce back as quickly as I hoped. So I feel it's almost like I strained a leg muscle and I'm like a track athlete. So I'm like, I know that if I push it too much that I, I will either get burned out or just not be emotionally available for work. And, and you have to be 110% to do our jobs. So it just seemed like of all times that now is the time to take this time for us, but also take storytelling with us as a way to hopefully help other people uh, through our journey.
0: And change happens in life all the time, right? And, and, and we don't always expect it, but it's, it's really interesting that you took the time to absorb what was obviously a very difficult moment and figure out what the right next step for you was. I think a lot of times we, and I can speak personally, a lot of times I, I just sometimes try to plow through uh, when things get difficult mm-hmm. and, you know, try to double down on the things, yeah. uh, on other things in life. And, and that's not always the way to do it.
1: Yeah. And it also, you know, sometimes you go to open a window and a barn door opens, Ooh. and then sometimes you go to open a window and the window shatters and you mm-hmm. get cut. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really looking for a lot of signs that, okay, is this the time to make a change? And it seems like whenever you go to open the window and the barn door opens, and that keeps happening, it's like, okay, I need to keep going in this direction. So, and with this journey, that it just keeps happening. Like, just being asked to be on faculty for NPPA, like, we, my husband and I had really just decided, like, all right, we're gonna take camera gear, we're gonna shoot stories about this pilgrimage. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting at dinner surrounded by the best storytellers in the country and and everyone was giving me advice like what camera gear to use what storage to use i'm just like oh, what a gift it's like okay just keep taking these tiny steps when you're making this monster life change and just looking for guidance and so far everything has is opening up for us to try to help us prepare for this so i'm it was very scary for a while once we first made the decision but now i'm tired of being afraid and i'm just getting excited about it like cuz i know we're going to do it so that's
0: great. And, and tell me a little bit about what that decision was like. Like, what like was there kind of that? <laughs> was there a long pause before you walked into your new director's <laughs> office or sent that email? Like, what what was that like when you had to make that final leap?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll compare it to the moment I knew I wanted to get into the business because it was the same. I remember sitting in statistics class in college, a uh, class that I was very close to flunking out because my brain does not do numbers. Yeah. And I remember seeing a girl in like a suit who was my age and like run out a, a side door outside of my classroom, and she was followed by a guy with a camera and My heart like leaped out of my skin. I was like, "That looks so fun. Like what are they doing?" So I had um, traveled for a story um, it was like a, a couple of weeks after the time off from the miscarriage. And I was flying back, and, and a, a girlfriend called who I hadn't talked to in a long time. And she was like, Hey, I spent six months abroad traveling, um, and I have all these cell phone videos of my adventure through Southeast Asia. I just need someone to put them together. And I'm like, It's no problem. I'm like, editing is what I do, it shouldn't take me long. I'll put your vacation video together. Mm. So the moment I got back, and I saw the first like five seconds of her vacation, like, of her traveling abroad. I felt that same, like my heart just like leaped and was like, I've got to do that. And that was it. I was like, yep, decision made, oh, <laughs> decision yeah. made. The, the the first person I called was my mom because she is just as invested in my career as I am because she's been the person with me, cheering me on and also like work harder, do this, do this. And so She, I knew was going to be the hardest person to tell. And, and I just kind of had to explain it all to her. Like, this is what I'm feeling. This is where my heart's at. And I know that like the word adventure, I have just got to go toward that right now. Like we just have to, we have to do this.
0: What did your mom say?
1: It took a while. It took a while. (laughs) So like within the first three months of telling her. Okay. So I heard things like, you need to, uh, you should get like hormone therapy. You need to work harder. You should have a, you should have a baby. Um, you're in your thirties and everybody does this. And, and then, and now she's finally like super excited for us. And like, just a little worried. She's like, let me make sure that like, if you need money, I can send you money. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to be fine. Like, we're going to go, we're going to return. We're going to be fine. So it, it took a little bit but now she's I like totally it. on board. I like
0: getting, getting your husband on board was the easy part. Telling mom, yeah. <laughs> tell him mom. Yeah,
1: tell mom. Yeah, tell my boss, no problem. Tell my mom, difficult. <laughs> I think it's such
0: an interesting decision, and I'm curious as to whether it would be the same if you weren't bringing the camera gear and if you weren't planning on doing something with it. Or I, I, And based on what you've said already, I think I know the answer to this, but is that is the storytelling component an essential part of the journey itself.
1: Yes. Yeah. I feel like if we just did it without capturing it or without the intent of making it a benefit to others, I I don't think I would do it. Like I just think it, I personally would feel too selfish. Like that. I would just like take time off and like have three months of a hiatus doing whatever I wanted. Like I it just like, I literally can't even imagine doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I've spent so much time, dedicated to storytelling and to figuring out this craft that just to stop that, like, like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like that's everything in my, in my spiritual life and my, my storytelling life, which have, which came together at the same time. It would, it, it just, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't even make sense to even think about not telling stories about this, which is, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it that way. So I'm I'm kind of surprised myself. Uh, with that question but but yeah it 's like I have to like that 's why i 'm going. I think of one of the first times I realized that I wanted to tell stories about faith is I was in Tulsa talking to the uh, d a at the time, who was a very spiritual person and um, and he had told me later about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, and he was like, "I just know I have to do it, so he trained for months and And then he went and he came back and he was like, you know what? He was like, God put me in that place to help one person. And that was somebody he met while climbing that needed his expertise to help counsel him while he was climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro. Like that that was so much work and so much love to help one person. So if our journey and capturing it and carrying our camera gear and and all the extra challenges that it brings, if it helps one person then in my mind, it's a huge success. Even if I don't even meet that person, I would just have to have faith that it could have helped one person. And that makes it worthy.
0: This is the telling the story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. She is Kristen Dickerson, currently an anchor reporter at NBC (laughs) five in Dallas, but in a few months, she will be taking on such an ambitious journey. Um, Kristen, the last section of the podcast, we always like to devote to advice for young journalists. And I think we've talked so much about how you got into using your own gear and and things you did starting out, but I guess I wanted to piggyback a little bit on what we've been talking about with this career move and this decision you're making to go on this journey and ask you, what do you feel like the takeaways are for young journalists who no doubt admire the work you do and admire the heights you've reached in this career? And, and, and are now learning of this decision that you're making, what, what do you want people to take away from your story?
1: I'm reading a book right now called The Artist's Way, which I love. And one quote in it is, leap and the net will appear. So if you feel inside you that there is something you need to do, you are called to do, it's something that you think about and your, your heart gets excited and your mouth smiles, go toward that. Like The more you listen to that inner voice and to that uh, love and excitement within you, the more you listen to that, the stronger that voice will get, the stronger that that guidance will get. But if you ignore it over and over, that voice is going to get quieter, and that's that's when you get into trouble. Um, So just follow what excites you. Follow what you think is fun and fulfilling. And of course, there will be days that are impossibly difficult and days that you might hate your job or hate someone you work with. Ignore those days. Just keep going. But just be sure and follow that long term passion and love. And if some crazy idea comes, like in my opinion, I'm about to do my dream job. I don't know how I'm going to get paid for it or (laughs) if I ever will. But I I know that it's what I want to do. In that case, that's when you leap. And and the net will appear, because as long as you know that you have absolutely worked your hardest to perfect your craft, you've done everything in your power to prepare yourself, you'll be fine.
0: I'm curious. Obviously, you're about to make a giant leap, but I'm curious as to some of the leaps you made earlier in your career that you know, where you weren't necessarily putting your income on the line mm-hmm. or your yeah. status on the line, but yeah. where you might've been at a difficult period in work and the things or the ways that you found to follow your passion through your job.
1: I would say the choice, uh, to come to Dallas. I think that was one of the hardest decisions I'd ever made. And it was also one of the hardest, most challenging times in my life because so much growth had to happen once I got here. So before I left, I mean, I was anchoring all the shows. My, I mean, as an anchor, I mean, it was a solid job that you could have forever. I could have I had it, you know, as long as they would keep me. Um, but I just knew there was something else. I knew I still had growth. I knew I needed other people to learn from, other people to challenge me. I just knew I needed to do more. And I also knew that if I didn't take advantage of the opportunity to come to North Texas and work, that one, that opportunity might not come around for another 10 years. And I didn't have 10 years. And two, I would regret it. And that's the same way that I feel about taking time off to do storytelling about faith, is that if I don't try this, if I don't dedicate this time and take on this new challenge, I will regret it. Even though I know it's going to be hard and it's going to be impossible and I'm going to lose a lot of the resources I currently have, um, of experts in my newsroom that I can go to for help and support that even though they won't be standing next to me or, or, you know, passing them in the peacock cafe, mm-hmm. I still know I can reach out to them. Um, but that that is going to be a really big challenge. So <laughs> very big challenge.
0: I, Last fall, I interviewed Adrian broadis who is a tremendously talented reporter out of CARE TV in Minneapolis, and she spoke very freely, as you have, about faith and how it informs her work. And I, I always find it fascinating as someone who's spiritual myself, but I, I tend to try to divorce that side of me from, mm-hmm. from the work that I do, but I always find it fascinating the the degree that... Uh, that both she and now you have spoken about how faith so clearly informs your work and that it almost, it, it is inseparable in a way yeah. for you. Is that, is that fair to say?
1: That is definitely fair to say. It hasn't Especially always been.
0: What you're been. doing now is, is yeah. entirely
1: that. Yeah. It has not been that way my whole life. Um, again, like my my journey as a storyteller and uh, my journey toward finding faith and God happened at the same time. And that was like my late twenties. So it, it, it wasn't, you know, faith and was, was not really an active part of my life before that, but it has certainly changed my life.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is what you're doing now. If I understand it correctly, Spain, Israel, India, it all wraps into faith and it all wraps into, I guess the bigger project that you're working on or that you will work.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll also point out that whenever I'm doing a story, Um, faith is there the whole time. I mean, it's an active conversation with God, like a prayer. All right, show me what stories I should do. Show me who to talk to. Show me what random connection I need to make. All right. I'll pray before I shoot a story, pray before the interview. I pray extra hard after I've dumped in the video. And before I start to log just, and and it, for me, it's God for, for anybody else. It could be the universe. It could be anything, um, any creator in in your world, just like, show me, show me what, what bites to pick. Show me how to make this help someone else. Because if I depend on my own abilities, I mean, I, I know I'm not like, I, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like really good at my skill, but if I have some outside help, just like, either divine intervention or just guidance or just trying to listen to to my body, like if I'm listening to a soundbite and I feel anything, like I, I write that down in my notes. So it's just asking for a force outside of myself uh, to make my work better for the betterment of others.
0: Mm-hmm. Kristen, thank you so much for being here today. I always like to end with that famous reporter's question, one I'm sure that you've asked many, many times. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to add,
1: (laughs) Matt? I I was really hoping you'd say. Would you say and spell your name for Ah. me? Um, Let me think. I don't think so. I'm just like this job is such a gift. I think that's my biggest fear about leaving it in my in my current role is that I. I don't want to imply that I'm giving up an amazing opportunity to be a storyteller for local TV news. I mean, what an amazing gift to be able to invite ourselves into somebody's life and sometimes at the best part of their life and often at the worst, but to be able to, to chat with them and ask them the questions that you would ask them if you were a family member or if you had been their best friend for 10 years but to be able to enter someone's life and share their story. And they must trust us so much. Like that is such an honor to be able to have that role. So I just hope I can continue to do that. Um, and if I come back to TV news, it would, it would also be a blessing. Um, but just for all of us to remember that even on the hardest days, I mean, it is a gift to be able to be a part of, of people's lives and, and share their stories as storytellers.
0: Kristen you just did the thing that we always hope our interviewees do when we ask that question and that is that you say oh i don't think there's anything i want to add and then you add the thing that's like the nicest thing that you said, <laughs> the whole thing so kristen it's been a pleasure thank you so much for joining me on the telling the story podcast
1: It has been my absolute pleasure. Thank you, Matt.
0: There you go. The Telling the Story blog updates every Wednesday. The website is tellingthestoryblog.com. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher Smart Radio. And check out my book, The Solo Video Journalist. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Telling the Story podcast. We'll see you next time.